Hey folks, this is Julian Lytle here in another episode of Ignorant Bliss. Uh, recently, my friend Ulysses Farinas uh, announced that he was starting a new publishing imprint with Magnetic Press called Buño. Uh That piqued my interest with talking with him about it. Since I plan to, to anyway, if you go back and listen to our previous episode from last year, I think that might be uh, episode uh, 21. I'm not going to be exact. Just check the feed and the SoundCloud and everything. We talked about doing a follow-up. Lo and behold, you have some major news. So here's the follow-up. We talk about um, Buño, the projects being released, his thoughts on the comic industry again, on the reasons why I'm doing publishing imprint. And just other, you know, regular, serious talk between the two of us. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Please check out the uh, show notes that you'll see in the lyrics section of the podcast or the blog post or the Tumblr post or in the SoundCloud, all that type of stuff. You'll see links to uh, his work uh, along with Buño. To how how you can get the show, which you can listen to on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you would like to leave a comment, that'd be great. If you like to review the show, that'd be great. If you would like to share, that'd be awesome. Um, you can follow me on the social media sites at Julian Lytle, J U L I N L Y T L E. Uh, hope you enjoy the episode and. Look out for some new episodes soon. I gotta watch my tongue sometimes. I try to be more cautious these days. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. that's why I didn't lead you into any other. Good, good. Any other uh, interesting places yet? Been under, uh, been on good, good behavior for the last like year or so. That, that is true. That is true. No beef for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I've noticed that. I've noticed that with the way you've been uh, handling yourself online and you, know, oh, yeah. you do interviews. I don't even try to like. Uh, yeah, I mean, like if I, I'll, like, I'll see myself like, oh, I really want to, I could say some shit right here. I was like, no. I, like, type it out and then I just delete it. 
You don't want no problems. No. Just, you know, like, I could do a lot of other things that get get done what I need to get done, like Buño, for instance. Exactly. So I, I, I guess I should say, like, uh, how did you hook up with Magnetic Press? And what brought about you um, getting the imprint? Like, did they bring it up? Did you bring it up? Did you um, just trip into it? Technically, first, I brought it up to uh, to Storm, Storm Smith. Uh, he, and, he was looking for uh, artists and stuff for some projects he was working on. And I was just like, well, I got the connections, you know, so almost like let me kind of handle the creative division, like if we we're going to make a company. Um, so he was into that idea, and from there I was just like, well, I don't actually want to run a comic publisher, because I have a lot of things I like to do, like making comics, but in terms of, like, running a business and, you know, packing and mailing and distribution and all that garbage, I'm just like, I'm not going to do that, and I think that's the main reason why most self-published artists kind of exhaust themselves you know you hear a lot of people like um i'm only i'm not gonna be making a comic this year kind of stuff yeah it's an exhausting process yeah it's a really exhausting process i'm just like how can i get around that so i thought well i got i got a good comic here i'm i'm covering like you know you know buño's covering the finances and everything and i know magnetic is up and coming you know they they had an eisner last year for one of their books and i'm just like I knew I was talking to uh, David Desayan. What's how you say his last name? You know him. I know him, but I've only heard his last name pronounced <laughs> once, and I don't want to disrespect him. I'm messing it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're just gonna say David for Magnetic. Yes. Um, and I've been talking to him for a bit, just trying to get some books going with them. And so I kind of floated this idea to him. I was just like, if I bring you the books, can you? Can you put them out there? Like put, you know, put them in, in Diamond. Get them on in comic book shops. And he was actually really receptive to the idea. So I talked to him and Mike Kennedy, and we figured out a way of doing it. And I think it's kind of like a new... In my head, maybe it's, I just don't have enough experience, but in my head, I'm thinking of it, it's kind of a new business model. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to lie. When I, first, when I first saw the announcement, you know, hit my nice little Twitter stream, it... It reminded me of all the conversations we had, but it also reminded me of, like, when rappers started getting, like, label deals. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, I could, I could put out, I could put out the stuff I want to put out, you know, especially in the 90s. And I think that, that brought about a lot of changes in the, in the industry, like, mm-hmm. add a lot of new voices and, and business models and ideas that we're still mm-hmm. seeing the fruits come out of to this day. Yeah. Well, you know, you got, like, uh, you know, you go to record companies, and then they always have, like, their big dude on the record company, and then he gets his own little, like, pub, you know, record company going. And then some dude on there gets, it's like, this infinitely uh, regressing. But I think it's like, if they can do it in music, why don't people in comics do it? Yeah, why not? You know? So, like, that's why I've described it, like, in the press and stuff, as, like, an indie publisher and a half. Because it was definitely a self, self-publishing self type of mindset, but rather than, you know, 
doing this like grind of calling up shops. We still got to do that, but like having you know having to worry about like shipping and ordering and having all this inventory at our house. It's just like no, we're going to be in diamonds, and you know if you got previews, you can order from there. I think that kind of simplifies it a lot. Are they also handling like getting you guys into bookstores and libraries? Yep. Word, that's that's you know that's major. And, and the thing is, it doesn't stop me from doing that either. It just means that it's two people who believe in the product supporting it, rather than you just being on your own. Yeah, and they have uh, I guess some means and some infrastructure from for getting yeah. these things back and forth out there. Just you know, being like being someone that no one has ever heard of. They already people are people already heard of Manet Press, so there's already that kind of like oh this, these boys are serious. It also lets you seems I would I would guess that you assume on getting more books like lined up. Mm-hmm. It lets you focus on some of the creative and editorial means. Exactly. To to get what books you want to put out next and put out and make sure everything is done correct. Mm-hmm. Um. So like that goes into my my next question is uh like who's handling. Like I saw that you, first of all, like you're you're paying people, which is is you know amazing because let's be honest, comics is like taking an L all the time. Like you want to make comics, you just kind of not supposed to eat or something. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that you're paying people, and but I guess my question is like how does like editorial works? Like uh, is everybody edit, editing their own book? Do they go find their own editors? Are you trying to work with, I don't know, connecting people together? Because I think sometimes that that is like an unspoken and, and you've had your issues with editors. Yeah. We've, we've, we've all had like our views on like what we see editors do, but there's there's a lot to be said about like good editors, the one that you don't hear about mm-hmm. that help books like get out, not just on time, but help shape the story and make things flow correctly when when the artist and the writers kind of get like a little bit lost or like out of out of their their wheelhouse mm-hmm. well like right now it's just uh two books that we're doing light and claudia and rex and light's already done so we don't need an editor and claudia and rex is me like i'm the one writing it so i'm also the one editing it yeah um, so we'll see how that turns out, you know. Uh, um, I do believe that, especially for kind of uh, this is like a, a, a this is a small project, you know. Like everything is kept really small, real tight, and we just got to rely on our own skills and our own like belief in ourselves to make sure it's the best best product that we can do. Like constantly, like me and like Daniel Rosari, we're constantly like we're finding the pages and going over the script. Um, to make sure like each page is like finessed correctly, and I think it's you know I'm looking at the pages that when he's doing them, and I'm blown away every time. Like, wow, this is actually we're actually doing this. Yeah, the, the little bit I've seen, um, you know, I can only go by the stuff that's been on the internet. It looks good. I like the idea. I watched uh, some of that video you did at uh, Entertainment Weekly. Yes, I guess was it yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, my I'm, I'm running a beta version of of OS's, so like the video like stopped playing for me. 
mm-hmm. when I got in, I, I like what you were saying. I like what I was seeing. The girl turn into the different magical animals, mm-hmm. and the way you was bringing talking about like Afro, Afro Latinos and women in your family. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I find that cool. Yeah. Uh, how do you plan to? I would say market it outside of some of the uh, the regular methods of marketing comic books to people. Right now, I'm not really even sure. Like all of this is so is so new, and like I don't like to, I don't ever like to front and be like, oh, I got this, 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 and lined up. So much, so much of the time, I'm just like talking to people either at conventions and just kind of thinking of different strategies. But honestly, we're going to see how we market it, you know? Like, getting the Entertainment Weekly thing, that was just me hitting up, like, uh, Tim Long, who I do a lot of illustration for, and be like, yo, Entertainment Weekly, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) And I got, like, that's... Hey, you heard about the good news? Y'all sleeping on me, huh? Had a good snooze. Wake up, nigga, wake up. We about to get this paper. Money never made me. Made me do something. Nah, can't make me. Even if the money low, can't pay me. Even if the money low, can't play me. Hey, you heard about the good news? Y'all sleeping on me, huh? Had a good snooze. Wake up, nigga, wake up. We about to get this paper. Pablo bought a rollie and a Rockwilder Seem like the more fame I only got wilder Hands up, we just doing what the cops taught us Hands up, we just doing what the cops taught us I've been out of my mind a long time I've been out of my mind a long time I'll be saying how I feel at the wrong time Might not come when you won't, but I'm on time So, anyway, what I was saying was, uh You know, I got a lot of connections in comics right now <clears throat> I'm really just kind of hoping and seeing that You know, the people who who talk about like diversity and like you know progressive issues and stuff they really kind of support someone who puts that at the forefront see if it's you know put their money where their mouth is yeah really to have a, a market test on, on yeah. what they what they talk about be about it or not well they say like oh they want to support like poc comics they want and then you know here it is like a publisher i'm like okay this is, this is me you know who i am these are the comics I'm gonna make, and you know they're uh, like Claudia and you know, Rex is all ages, and like even like you know I'll post it in like certain forums on Facebook and stuff uh, that are specific towards like people of color, and I, I've already noticed that since it wasn't like it's not some superhero stuff, it, it got like no kind of love, mm. and I'm just like that's some bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, it's weird because it's, it seems like a pretty cool adventure story. Like, yeah. it, like let's be honest. Like, it it feels like a superhero story. It's just they're not wearing stupid outfits. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I love superheroes. Hell, I love Super Sentai. Like, mm-hmm. I I love me a stupid outfit, but like the adventure, the core of it, like they have to go uh, like bring the gods back, right? That's yeah. Like, what's more super than that? Yeah, like this is basically, you know, what it started was this is very much Captain Marvel and Beast Boy. Mm. Yeah, that's the that was like that was the team up in my head was you know this, like a Captain Marvel and Beast Boy type thing, but like 
without doing it super typical and like you know re reinventing those concepts. You know, I love superheroes. I love you know these you know taking weird powers and making them even weirder, like a little boy getting the strength of the gods. I'm just like, what about a little girl getting the strength of like all the pantheons on the planet? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. You know, so I don't like. So we're just, you know, it's really just kind of seeing, like, do people really, people really want comics like that? Do people really want comics for, like, you know, young Latinos, young black girls to read? Or do they just kind of want, like, another, because, like, so many times I'll see that, like, I'll go to conventions and stuff. I'm just like, you guys are just biting off DC and Marvel for years now, and you don't actually make new ideas. Yeah, it's weird, because then, like, like, this is the first year ever printed, like, a, a comic book, and mm-hmm. it's weird because it's like, do you really, are you really supporting black comic creators, or are you just really, 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 really into War Machine and Black Panther? Exactly, exactly. I said that in, on the Entertainment Weekly, uh, uh, the live Facebook feed, where I'm just like, how many times have people like, oh, I can't wait for Black Panther... You know, this is going to be it. This is it for, for black comics. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not it for black comics. <laughs> like, that money does not go back into, into like, your communities. At you know? Yeah. It doesn't go there at all. It does not make more black creators. It, and so, in my head, I'm just like, how can, you, can, you can like it, fine. You know, like, I love, I watch all those movies. But I do not dilute myself in thinking that I'm making the world a better place by putting more money into Marvel's pockets. I I think with the Black Panther movie, what it's doing good is that it's giving more black actors yeah. and writers and directors work, but mm-hmm. it, it has nothing to do with with black comic books exactly. or black comic like it, it like what it, like how do how do I benefit? I benefit if I got a shot to draw Black Panther, but I mm-hmm. don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, but other than that, like wow, it doesn't it doesn't help. Yeah. You know? It's just that's just a weird thing to see. It's like, like you just re- like do y'all really just rock with Storm and all these characters? Yeah, and that's that's another thing I'm thinking of. Like, so like my comic is like all the world's pantheon. So it's like Mexican, it's you know Chinese, it's African, it's you know Caribbean, it's all different places. And like so many times, I'm just like. I'll I'll be looking for like you know like the right <clears throat> like the right power set almost for like this little girl for this scene and like I'll come across like an Egyptian god or something I'm just like I'm so done with Egyptian gods and black characters I was like <laughs> it is the most cliche bullshit and I'm just like I if I could if I never seen an, an Egyptian god character for like a black publisher I'll be I'll be happy. Because it is, it is the most done in the ground concept, and I'm just so like for this comic, I'm just like, there's one character that was like a perfect power set. I'm just like, fine, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna redesign it so hard that you can't even see it as an Egyptian god. It's just a giant walking eyeball now. <laughs> so it's the eye of Horus. Yeah. Rather than even having a body, it's just a giant eyeball. I just walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny how like some of the um like some of the South American like let's say Aztec or Mayan guys aren't really used that much. There's probably uh, tons of gods in like 
Central America that I don't know all a lot of stuff in the Caribbean. That I mm. think sometimes I know people who write certain types of like prose fiction really get into, but it's like that's a that's an entirely large sea of of content that you can probably never actually finish. Mm-hmm. But it 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 does get to a point where it's like we're gonna use Greek gods. Okay, we used all those. We're gonna use the Viking gods. Are we use those? And now we're gonna be diverse, and we're gonna use Egyptians. Yeah. And now they get funky. It's like, oh, we might use a Japanese thing because it was in Naruto. That's my feelings. It's like, oh, it was in Naruto. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna bite this real quick. Yeah. Like we really want to have guys that like you've never even heard of. When you look it up, it even it adds something to the story. When you're like, oh, that's what this is from. You know. So how many how so, many guys are you using? Like how like is it well, right now like the the three main gods like the two main gods that like start off the whole thing are these two Greek gods, uh Thanatos and uh and Hypnos, just because it's death and the and sleep is the cousin of death. Yeah. So the two the two main girl characters, one is a one like the Claudia is a fairy of the dead. Her body becomes a fairy of the dead. But the dead are all the gods. So she's containing all the gods that are escaping from, like, the heavens. Hmm. And, and then her little sister is just carrying Hypnos. And since he's a god of dreams, whenever she whenever she dreams, uh, you know, she goes to sleep, she's a little girl, she dreams of, like, animals, she turns into them. Okay, so she, like, her imagination turns into all these yeah. magical beasts. And then there's another god who's like kind of like the the foil almost to to the to the two main guys, which is Allah, which is like an African god who has like his, this giant python as like a messenger that surrounds her. Like the art is beautiful for her. I could send it to you guys. And uh, and she has like she's like a fertility goddess, and her whole thing is that she has a womb that carries carries the dead and then rebirths them. So she becomes really integral to uh, basically restarting the world of the gods. And that's what, you know, Claudia has to make it to the, the world navel to rebirth all the gods. And that's like the, the, the quest of the, of the issue. So how long have you been researching this? Because a lot of this stuff, like the navel and all that, is like, this is, this is deep stuff. Like I like, like I like this world already. Yeah. Well, like, I had the idea, like, a year ago, and I was like, yo, I want to make, like, a, 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 like, a world pantheon Captain Marvel type of idea. So I just kind of, like, anytime I came across, like, an interesting god or an interesting, like, religion, I would just, like, bookmark it. And then later on, when I was writing the story, like, trying to find what was actually appropriate for the story. Okay. You were just folding stuff as you was writing and, and reading at the same time. Yeah. Oh man. So um, so you have a co-writer on this, right? Or no, you're yeah. writing this. Okay, so you have a co-writer and you have an artist. Mm-hmm. So like, what what is um, how was you guys' collaboration method? Like how are you guys? It's me and Eric Freitas, and me and him we collaborate on everything. So at this point, we're just like a well-oiled machine. It's really easy for us to work together. You know, we kind of, 
I kind of rough out like the first the script, and then we just kind of go back back and forth until it's finished. Okay. Do you are you guys in the same area, or is it something you got to do over the internet? Uh, we mostly do it over the phone. Um, he lives. He lives in New Jersey, so he's kind of close, but most of our business we just do over the phone okay. uh, and, and Google Drive. Google Drive is, like, the best thing for collaboration. <laughs> I'm so, always surprised when someone's just like, oh, I sent you, like, a Dropbox link. I'm just like, I'm not even going to justify that. I'm not even going to open it because you're, you're ridiculous. I was like, you send me a Google Drive link or I don't get, or I don't get it. <laughs> I I'm like, like <laughs> I just send me a link that expires. I'm like... Google Drive is forever. Just send them to that. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, it sounds like that they made their their Dropbox link expires. I don't know. I pay for, I pay for Dropbox. I pay for I Google Drive too. I pay for Google Drive unless you're like using it like crazy. Oh, I pay for all of them. I got mass storage. Huh. Like, I yeah, back up I, all my stuff. I, I, I pay for Google Drive too, but even without it, you can still like use it for one yeah. time stuff, and it doesn't expire. You you'll have that file forever. Yeah. Yeah, like I have all. Like I have yeah. I have all. Like I have the, I have the the iCloud drive. Like I literally have like just in case bad things happen. Mm-hmm. That's just. I've never heard of it expiring, but. Oh, I've had so many times I look into a file for Dropbox and it's like this link is no longer available. I'm like, why the hell do you have a? What is it going? Just just let me have it. Get <laughs> up the guy like, yo, can you send me that link again? And can you send it with a Google Drive so it doesn't go away? <laughs> So I remember reading in the interview you did with the beat that you plan to only put out graphic novels. Yeah, fuck so, fuck. <laughs> but I, uh, my question is, will you ever try to do things where like the chapters or what would be a technically a single issue is only released digitally, but then all then like print wise you only put out that graphic you, novels. You just, just reveal the secret plan. That's oh. exactly what we're planning on doing. Was <laughs> okay. Basically, for for certain books, we'll re- we'll release them all on Comicsology digitally as we're producing them, and then once they're collected, sell it as a graphic novel that a person can buy. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I was running with that because that's something I always thought about myself. Like, I don't know why I would. I don't. I don't buy paper issues anymore. So. I, went, yeah. I saw you read it. I saw what you, how you responded. I was like, it makes complete sense. But you know, playing with the the different formats and releasing and the, and the business model, I was wondering if that was a possibility. And yeah, clearly, I think for a small publisher, it doesn't make sense to have floppies. Yeah. So, um, light comes out this fall, right? Yep. And how long is that book? Like how many pages? I think uh, like 104 pages. Okay. Is it? What size is it? Is it like small or is it like? It's gonna be seven by seven inches, hardcover. Oh, oh, it's a square. That's yeah, dope. yeah, it's a beautiful book. And you know, I'm hoping that's our first book. I'm hoping you know people actually pick up this book. You know, I'm gonna call a bunch of comic book shops. I'm gonna call toy shops. I'm gonna call like you know J- Japanese designer toy shops, all that kind of custom stuff, game shops. I'm like, yo, pick this book up. This is perfect for anyone who's into gaming or any of that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, when does it when does it go into previews? Uh, I think at the end of this month. 
So I think it should uh, have like the the previews code any one of these days. Okay. Yeah, I will put that in the in the show notes and the posts mm-hmm. and you know I want to share that out there because the cover looks dope. Mm-hmm. I look forward to like actually flipping through it. You know, or let me be honest, buy it digitally hopefully and and slide back and forth because I'm a I'm a futurist. But uh, I guess you know I haven't I haven't uploaded it to uh, Comicsology yet, but I probably should. <laughs> I don't. I gotta be honest. I don't know how that works. I only bought comics from them, so for the most part, I don't know when when publishers need to to work that out. Like, uh, it takes about a month after you submit it if everything goes all right for it to show up. Like, I, I put Gamma up there. We're actually working on putting up another comic uh, that's just gonna be Daniel's comic straight up, just kind of like promotion. Oh, okay. For uh, for Claudia and Rex, but he has to go. Like a little anthology of like three different short stories. I was like, oh, let's just put that up on on Bunio. Yeah. some stuff in the meantime. Is that going? Is that is it short or is it is it long? Is it like with like twenty four pages? Okay. Yeah. So it's a good like a good length. Uh, but you know, like that's like one of those examples of like the good length for a floppy, but it makes more sense to just sell it digitally. So, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but, um, like, you've had some, some times in the past where you've rubbed people the wrong way, mm-hmm. and you said some things that, I guess, quote-unquote, got you in trouble or whatever, made things more difficult for you. Yeah. Um, just from talking to you and seeing the way you've been moving lately, is Buño like, your way of a more focused and direct way of attacking the problems and heading on the issues you see with comics. Definitely. Through producing comics versus, like, like writing about it or pissing, or, you know, quote-unquote, pissing people off. Well, you know, like, you can only go so far with pissing people off. You know, and people don't, people don't like to change. People do a lot of lip service. The only way you can, like, actually have change in the industry is by like seizing the means of production <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta own it uh yourself and you know a lot of times like people are like oh you know like making comics it doesn't make money or making comics like uh it, you know like, you're just gonna go broke or it's like a passion project or like so why even try to like you know be a publisher because you're just you know you're just, it's a losing game and i'm just like you know that that might be true, but at the same time, it seems there are a lot of people who are winning at that game, and they tend to be, you know, older white men. So if it could win for them, I don't know why we tell ourselves that. Oh, you know, if I want if I want this for for me, for like my community, that oh, all of a sudden it's it, it's foolish. I think that's just a mentality that already teaches you to fail. That just kind of keeps it, you know, in the hands of of people who don't care about you. So I remember I was on Twitter having an argument with some people, and it was late. This was like last year. And I remember it was people that I agreed with, that I generally get along with. And I'm sitting there, and I stop arguing. I'm like, why am I having this fight? These are not the people I think are the problem. 
this is a a, a, a problem of uh, degrees, not necessarily like we're fun on the fun on fundamental differences. I was like, I'm sitting I'm sitting here trying to convince people who are already my allies, and I'm just alienating them. So I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore, and I'm not doing it with anyone. You know, like. I'll be arguing with someone online, whether they're they're racist or sexist or whatever they are, and I'm just like I'm not going to convince them, nor do I want them in my inner circle. So I could spend energy on basically reinventing and changing changing the rules for comics, or I could be yelling at people because they won't do it for me. And ultimately, I chose I choose myself. I'm not gonna. Cho- I'm not gonna wait for someone else to, to be convinced that, you know, people need to be represented. And people need their. People need comics. All different people deserve comics. So, that changed my whole. That just that one debate for some reason, it just changed that night, and I never. I never looked back. Hmm. Cool. So, um, how do you feel that? Uh the reaction to Bunyo has been and um have any other of the comic uh sites reached out besides that beat interview um not really like all the press we've gotten is because we've sought it out um and that's what I expect you know no one no one ever like wants. No one ever thinks something is like the next big thing. They just wait until it's like undeniable, and then they all then they all act like they've been there from the beginning, you know. But you know, I feel like someone coming out and being like, "Okay, we're gonna make some books, and we're gonna be like indie. We're gonna be at you know SPX and Mocha and Ape and shit like that." But we're going to be, you know, black and brown and Asian. And we're going to be, you know, we're going to try to, you know, actually put that as, as our focus. And it's it crickets, you know, it's crickets from, from the most of the, from the press, from the comics press. And that's expected, you know, because if you look at the comics press and you see the, you know, you see the makeup of it. They don't. They they never care until there's a, until there's some drama in comics, and then they're reporting it all the time. Yeah, press releases. Yeah, you know, like if I had a fight with somebody, oh yeah, then I'd, I'd be on bleeding cool and comic book resources and all that shit. But if I say no, I'm doing something. I'm doing something cr- constructive. Crickets. So you reached out specifically to the beat and was like, "This is what we're doing." And did they respond like, "Yo, can we get an interview?" Or did you bring yeah, up the yeah, fact? Yeah, okay. Alexander Lou there. We had a great interview together. Uh, he was really, you know, it was really exciting. You know, the beat's always been. I was, I've always respected the beat as a publication. Yeah, I, I, try, I try to check them out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Not not every day because I don't think enough changes in comics. No, for me to read every day, but you can like check in every six months and you're good. <laughs> so now that you uh, you have your announced first three titles that you mm-hmm. plan to come out with, um, are you actively? I should say this: Are you planning for the stuff after that? Are you actively 
approaching creators that you know that are good but never really got that shot or that chance to like put out put out material like right now what I'm actually looking to do is set up a a little like pop up gallery space for Buño. Oh, okay, that's that's different. That's good. That's good. I have, yeah, completely different because like I'm trying to like I'm not trying to just do comics and like I you know I love art, I love different artists. So I was kind of thinking like yo, if I can get a space like in Brooklyn or something like for like pre SPX or pre New York Comic Con and just have like a little gallery show, that would be dope. You know, so that's kind of like where I'm at right now, trying to look into doing something like that. And also, like, just kind of keeping my eyes out for, like, what's out there, what can we afford, and really, like, the first step right now is, is getting these books into people's hands and making sure that the, our first step is successful. Yeah. Right. I was just, I'm guessing, I guess, we're, we're running a publisher or something that, you know, I haven't done or thought about doing. Like clearly, you guys have a nice plan and you have a, a nice first step. I just want—I was just thinking, like, are you guys already thinking about, like, okay, we have to think about like step two? Um, well, I'm always on like step, step three. three. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. like anytime, like I've been doing Puno, working on Puno for like the last last six, seven months. Okay. You know? And before then, I was working on Claudia and Rex from last year. So like. Who knows what plan I'm coming up with right now that we'll be talking about in a year from now. Yeah, the secret sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, like, you always got to be, like, hustling in comics. You always got to be working on some shit. And, like, I'm always disappointed in most Congo people because they don't have any dreams like that. They don't ever try to, like, come up with, like, a six, seven, eight, nine, ten step plan for what they're going to do for them, you know, for their for their life. Not just, like, the next year. Like, yeah. on, like, or writing Judge Dredd. I want to, like, go even beyond that. So, speaking of that, with, with goals, what are some of your aspirational goals for Boonia? I would say I would love, and this sounds dumb, I never really wanted it for myself, but I would love for one of our books to be read, you know, recognized as award-worthy, as this, you know, you know, whether it's an Ignatz or it's an Eisner or something like, I would like some some kind of recognition for a fairly, I guess this is like this is like what I said before, like indie and a half, because fairly indie, fairly mainstream, you know, you know, his Latino made, Latino representing comic that is also like in the same range range as like a something like a like a like a battling boy. You know, it's just like you got your battling boy. That's great. It's just like the quality on Rex. Just smash that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, it's like this is, you know, let's see. You know, it, it really is a, a wait and see, and hopefully it gets the recognition, you know, that it deserves. And I really think it's a really great book. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. I like that. It's like, that's a. I like that first goal. Like, hopefully, hopefully, twelve months from now, when it's a month out from San Diego, you're you got some uh, some nominations. Yeah. And you got to wear your fancy clothes to go get some some comic book awards. Exactly. You know, and like really trying to like also 
look at the conventional wisdom, the conventional systems we have right now in comics, which are just like, go to this publisher, pitch your comic, see if it, see if they pick it up, see if they'll pay you. Oh, they won't pay you. See if you can afford to do it for a long time. See if you're actually, you know, a white person and you get recognition automatically. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and that's what so many people making like like writers and stuff or cartoonists that come out like out of nowhere and in two years they're already like having all this recognition and everything and like the only thing that's different between them and someone else is that they're already friends of all their buddies and comics and not yeah. because they're like skilled. Yeah, and it's weird how they all become friends so quickly. Like the um, mm-hmm. like the. The the just hanging out at these these cons like like I just recently went to Heroes for my first time and you know mm-hmm. what all the people were nice mm-hmm. it was a good culture it felt good right down there great food I ate well and I'm not gonna lie man I felt weird in that auction something what? sit right with me. I ain't never feel like I fit in in the little, like, I guess, you know, people at the little hotel bars. It's like, this just ain't my scene, B. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, it's like, that's the point where I just know it's like, if I'm ever going to do something, it's going to be completely off to the side because it's like, I I don't fit, I don't fit this. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I think we, we talked about this before on, yeah. on, on the podcast. And like, you know, like when I went to Portland and stuff, I would see some guy who had never written a book that was of any worth, and you read the, you read their comic, and they're garbage. They're garbage. Next thing you know, they're writing for a major series at Dark Horse, and then the next thing you know, they're writing for a major series at fucking DC. You know, and the next next thing you know, they're like writing Batman, and you're like, this is never you you know you and there's not one book you would say is like even close to award worthy or even like just being beautiful art or just having something about it that's like special that's just weird they're the most basic bitches of comics <laughs> but the one thing that you know is like sets them apart is when you go to parties you see they're already best friends with everyone there yeah and you're just like oh this is what it is it's not that this guy is good it's just that his best friend is, like, the publisher, or his best friend is, like, an editor there. And it's just, like, then you go to, you know, if you're, like, us and everything, you go to these conventions, it's like, yeah, you're, you're cool with people, but you're not invited to their barbecues or their weddings. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. It's just, like, I feel... It's weird when you feel like you're the geek in the land of geeks. Mm-hmm. Like, like I feel, I guess the way quote unquote geeks feel when they're like at the club, mm-hmm. and like I'm not a club person, right? Like I'm not really dancing, but like if I'm in a joint and like I know like thirty people in the club, yo, I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm at home. Like, oh, they're gonna play some future. They're gonna play some some biggie, some shit. Everybody gonna be like in the VIP. And I'm chilling, but like I, I go like I just felt mad awkward. I'm like, man, I'm just gonna go upstairs and watch OJ. <laughs> like, like, I just don't like. I don't get this. Like, I bet I saw some people I'm friends with, and we chat, we chatted up. But I was just like, in my head, I was like, I don't, I don't fit here. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the big, big 
that's like the big kind of like secret in comics is like you'll have a lot of people in like Twitter and stuff and they're like talking about these issues and being like, Oh, I'm an ally and I don't really believe in allies. Because it's just like how much of an ally are you when you have a closed network? Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you go when you go to all these events and you see you know, like and this isn't to like talk shit about any publisher or anything, but if you see like just the roster that is image or just look at every single book that Fanographics put, puts out. I can't name one black person that that works for Fanographics. You know, it's, you know, that's that's, well, that's facts. Like maybe, and you know, and if you know better, always you know, I always want someone to correct me. But I can't think of one book at Fanographics that is by a black person. Yo, like I, real talk. The only the only POC book that pops up in my head is Love and Rockets, and Love and Rockets damn near helped build that publisher. Like, yeah. I, like you know, what I'm saying that's like an anchor of the joint. But like you're like you're right. I don't. I don't like when I go. I go to SBX. I look at their booth all the time. And it's just like yeah, I don't see. Exactly. Like, there's no black people, and it's and it's funny because I see black people in SPX. Like the last two years has been like the most black people I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In this indie comic, mini comic scene, I'm like, yo, how ain't, ain't none of them getting it? Like I just don't even understand. Like I don't even know anymore. Like as like. I, Somebody sit me in a room and just give me, just let me know why. Like I don't even, I'm not even gonna make a big fuss. Just, just put me on game. That's all. Mm-hmm. I, like just, just feed my, my curiosity. You got, you got these indie indie publishers. They're and they make beautiful books. It's not taken away from them. They make beautiful books. They have super talented artists, super talented writers, creators on there. And then you see who's winning the awards. And you see, it's the same colored people, you know. It's same, it's the same. And it's like, sure, you know, like a lot. Of, you know, there's, you know, they. I think in terms of like SPX and stuff like that, it is, you know, more equal in terms of like men and women being represented, uh, queer people being represented. But what about black queers? What about Latinos? It's, it's a lot of times it's kind of. Uh, it's very lacking, and yeah, I think like yeah, like, where are the black trans people? Like I've I've never yeah, I think there's room in the industry to have that kind of aesthetic, and there's definitely people out there who are working in that aesthetic, and they need something for them too to kind of like some type of like a uh, opportunity where it's just kind of like yeah you, know, you know I just think instead of just being like oh. The only time we talk about them is when there is a panel about it. Yeah, and at a certain point, speaking of the panels, you ever notice they always get the same people for the panels? Yeah, because there's only a few people that they respect. There's only a few. There's only a few people who 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 they consider like their their elite, the 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 ones that they think, oh, okay. You know, this is the the like you know the whole thing is like if you're if you're if you're brown, you gotta be twice as good as as a white person. That that's where it comes in really obviously. Yeah. Is that the only people they're actually respecting are the ones who ha- are like twice, three times, four times as good as anyone else. But you know, you'll have like a you know, there's so many comics I see who are put out by like these indie publishers that are straight mediocre, like. 
you know, I've read like something like say like by Box Brown, and like I think he's a talented guy, but I read like a book by him, and I was like, this is garbage. There's no complete ideas in here, but it still found the publisher. You know what I mean? People still kickstart that. People still co-sign it like crazy. And I think that happens so many times where I'll pick up one of these indie books. It's garbage, and and that's like the majority of the work that comes out. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like you've got to this point where like you're doing for self and you're making the change you want to see. But then I, I, I see there's like a certain point where I'm like, why do I, why do we constantly always have to do for ourselves? And then when we do for ourselves, why is it so hard to get support? That's the, you know, the, the simple answer is racism. <laughs> I mean, like, but, you know, the, the complicated answer is that it is hard to look outside of your circles no matter what group you're in. You know, it's hard to look outside your circles. With, it's hard to look even within your circle a lot of times. It's harder for people of color to find other people of color in comics to collaborate with. You know, because the, the you're 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 constantly you know sifting through all these different groups, and the people who always kind of rise to the top are the ones who get success the easiest. So you're constantly having to like look around them. They're shadow, you know, they cast a, they cast a dark shadow a lot of times, and you're just like, I so I think even when you care about these issues, it's even hard for you to to, to you know find find people in this and actually like work with them even when you're in that group. Yes, I guess it's like something I think about more, more than actually making content. It's Mm -hmm. like, how do I reach these, like how do you, A, how do you reach these people that you feel is underserved? Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, it's just like, man, I'm tired. Like why, why, why do, why do I have to work this, yeah. It's hard, and other people just yeah. A lot just of times come in there and they do some. They do like one and two, one and a half things, and they're like the bee's knees, and it's like, bro, like. And then I stop talking about certain stuff because it's like I just don't feel like being a hater because I'm like this stuff ain't hot, B. Like it's just not hot. Yeah. Well, it's like that's the thing. You don't. Anytime you have a criticism, whether it be mild or strong. It's met with such defensiveness. You can't even say, okay, fine, like, I don't like your work. I don't, I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, it's quite mediocre. And you're, but you still get to take up valuable space. And I just think, how do you, how do you care about these issues, not get exhausted, not come off as a hater, and also get, get your jobs done? And it's a constant struggle, you know, but I think, I don't know, I think that's kind of why Buño exists, is to make it just slightly easier, because if there's something that, like, this is my thing a lot of times, like, if, if people can even focus on, you know, on Buño as a publisher, and they can be like, oh, it's doing this right, or it's doing this wrong, that helps comics. You know, if people are like, hey, you have no female creators. That's a, that's actually a main 
criticism I have of my own publisher from the break. I have no female creators. That's a criticism that needs to be heard. Yeah. You know? That's a criticism that needs to be addressed. It's like, okay, so how, now looking into the future, what, how am I going to address that? How did I have a circle that's too small for me to fix that? Yeah, like, how do you, how do you improve your circle? Exactly. That is, and that's, that's something that comes to me right away. I'm just like, that was my own failing. One, two, three. Shout to keep working. Gotta get the bills paid. If you focus on what you want, you can have anything. Shawty got the beer in the back there. About to get to where she paid. And with a future like that, gotta make sure we educate. Bring the drums in. Exercise now. We don't smell out your weed. Get it, Shawty. What you want from the bar? Uh-huh, get it, Shawty. Don't you worry about your nails. Bring your girl too. Act like you in the spa. Exercise now. Yeah, you move like a dancer. Get it, Shawty. Don't let me interrupt. Get it, Shawty. Keep your mind on what you're doing. Pay attention now. Me watch the work two three four stretch two three four 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 come on baby get the work cause you gotta keep them busy come on baby get the work cause you gotta keep them so um come on baby get the work cause you gotta keep what cons are you doing the rest of this year uh, SBX is the one we want to do. Um, I might be having an appearance at New York Comic Con. I'm not sure. I know Magnetic will probably be there. Uh, and then, you know, I want to do, like, TCAT. I want to do uh, Mocha. So we'll see. We'll, we'll try to do those. At the same time, like, you know, I don't like doing conventions. I think it's a little bit bullshit, but... You know, I hear you. I hear you. You know, we'll see. Yeah. I have my own feelings about conventions at times. Because, you know, you do you go to conventions, and if I'm selling a product like this, you know, automatically it's an uphill battle. Yes. You know, and then it's like, you know, then there's also like the, like the Latino conventions, there's like the, the queer conventions, there's the black conventions, and a lot of times you go there and it's just like you know they'll get a lot of like people going but you know like it's also I've, I've always found that a lot of times I do you know I've seen these conventions and the work there is garbage and that's kind of that kind of puts a damper on the whole the whole the whole like a uh, customer who wants to buy this stuff if they're going to come back so yeah there's, it, there's, it there's also be, that yeah, into work yeah it can be seen as the, the work isn't at a, say a certain level a certain standard of quality. I see that all the time, and I think, and 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 I think our own, like you know, my like, the own community doesn't own up to it. You know, <laughs> and I hate that. It's just like I, when I go to like a convention, and it's it's one of these kind of like focused conventions, and I'm seeing that 90 percent of the work is garbage, and no one, and everyone's just being like proud to be there. I'm like, nah, fuck that. You know, like if if, if if your work deserves to be bought and your work deserves to be recognized on, as equals, then you can't you can't be seeing like nine nine out of ten of your partners and being like, "I'm just glad that you're here." I'd be like, "No, you need to up your game." Yeah, yeah, you gotta like, step it up if you want to yeah. compete. 
yeah. end up having like a problem with conventions like that because I'm just like, I don't even want to be here. Yeah, it becomes like family reunions. Yeah, it's like a, you know, you know, I like SPX because it does have a, a good amount of quality work. People really believing in the product there, but I don't like SPX because it doesn't have much love for black and brown people. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been gone for a while, and I have to say, like, like it's still shocking to me the last couple of years I've been, and there's been so many black people compared to like the you mm-hmm. know it previously, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, one of the only black people walking around. Hell, it's local, so I'm going to go to that because I just get on the, the subway and I'm up there. Mm-hmm. But like last couple of years, like. I was happy I was able to meet some people I saw online, you know, and yeah. I was like, oh man, this this gave it gave me like a less a little bit more hope. It did. I I agree. Like I feel that like, like last year was definitely popping, and that that kind of what inspired me to even do Buñuel because I saw it. I'm just like, there's definitely room for this here. There's definitely room for someone to like kind of. To to set themselves apart at least in in in, the, in these terms, you know I was like so seeing you know seeing people like that, it really did give me like uh it, it inspired me. Yeah, it was it was a good show. Mhm. So um, on a little bit lighter note, <laughs> yo the um the Sentai book you got coming out. Yeah. Which is a you know, it's a well-loved subject matter for me. You know, I go, I go deeper to the center. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been watching you do all this stuff. So, how how long is this design manual, man? Like, like how many pages is this? Oh, dude, like it's like a bit off way more than I can chew. <laughs> so the good thing is, like, I don't have a like really have a deadline for this. It's gonna happen when it happens. <laughs> you still yeah. working on it? Oh, this is the best. Yeah. <laughs> It's like 90, 95 pages, and I have like ten pages done. <laughs> because this shit's extensive. I went through the whole history. I have timelines. I have to write. You know, I went through like every single like a uh, kaiju movie, and I made like a fictional timeline and why the monster attacks grew in the seventies and then diminished rapidly in the eighties, and now there's resurgence in the late in like the early two thousands. <laughs> you know, like what is actually happening, and like, you know, and it's interesting because you really do see like, in the fifties, those kaiju movies here and there, all, you know, whether they're American or whether they're Japanese, and then like they started picking up, and then there was an explosion of them. So I think in the seventies, mm-hmm. like yeah, the sixties and seventies, it, it was like there was like a hundred, and then it drops off, and it's like so there's like an interesting like. Meta narrative there that I'm writing, and that's like all this stuff. It's like I'm breaking down all this information and like figuring out like how can I connect all these random pop culture events into a cohesive storyline that's just like hinted at through the book. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's funny because I think it died off right at the explosion of um of Super Sentai. Having all these really, lo- all having the super robot and the monsters on television every week, maybe that is is part of the reasons. Like they were able to do it on television, so it, in the movies, maybe 
Yeah, I don't know. Right now, I'm just literally just thinking out of my brain, like Ultraman and everything was popping off on television in the 80s and the early 90s. It really exploded. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of the reason. But mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that, that you're you're really going in that deep. I like the the stuff that I've seen. I love how you're playing with the the Sentai like, helmets. Like even something like uh, at the back of the book, it's like uh, Guardian Force influence on the rest of the world outside of like, you know, Japan and stuff. And like one of the things, it's like late 80s, it's like when the, the, that technology becomes accessible for regular police departments and that's where RoboCop comes from. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, which the design of it was was based off of the, the sheriff guy. Hey, Sheriff Gavin. Yep. He do. He saw that. Exactly. Was like. So, exactly. <laughs> so if you think of it, like within within our like reality, it did directly influence RoboCop. But then you you think, okay, if I made this a shared universe, how would that how would that happen? It's like what happened in Japan in the sixties, and then when that technology became cheap, it got shipped to. It started being manufactured in Detroit. <laughs> right, yeah. it's a good idea. Like it's, yeah. it, it makes sense. Like oh, and then RoboCop, some random police officer gets gets given this like bootleg technology that's not that good. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good as the, the Japanese version. He's not flying exactly. in space on a, on a space dragon. Yeah, it's like you got like the the fancy like high tech like concept car, and then he just has like his Cadillac. You know, like, like, here you go. It doesn't even protect your chin. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like, so, yeah, I'm really I'm really interested in that. As you know, we've talked about this, how I talk about how I watch, I watch a whole season, and you'll be like, yo, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, watch it just, like, in clips. I am more all about, like, the, the iconography, yeah. the looks like, than really, like, the stories themselves. And just, like... The stories themselves, I'm like, yeah, they're good. But, like, I really just love seeing, like, the costumes, how they put them together, the interesting, like, monsters, the the big, like, the action set pieces where they're, like, fighting and shit. Yeah, yeah, those are, those are always fun. I think we've talked about this before, but I really got into, like, getting the stories because I thought that, to me, there's a point now that over here in the West, mm-hmm. most of the superhero stories is still so... Besides, let's say the movies, besides these Marvel movies or whatever, are so focused on the adults. Mm-hmm. And over there, it's like, yo, this is for kids. And they mm-hmm. might have little nice little themes that if you're older, it's like, ah, oh, you're talking about this, but it never goes beyond five-year-old level. Like, yes. And I find that so refreshing and so endearing. I'll just sit there and be like, ah, oh, yeah, they just saved the city because it's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. they look good while doing it. And also yeah. the fact that they design lives, it's the fact they have to design these clothes, these outfits mm-hmm. that people have to wear and fight in, and the monsters, like, it's still real dudes in suits, but they're so freaking inventive. Like, uh, yes. it's, it's so amazing. And I like the fact that you took some of that and wanted to, like, just... It's like, it's like a nice love letter. The Guardian Force design manual, like, yeah. yeah. That's that exactly great. what it is. It's like this love letter. And that's also, like, why, that, you know, like what you're saying right now makes sense. Like, that's also why the Guardian Force design manual doesn't really have a story. Because I, like I just like what it looks like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the part that I'm thinking from is literally what I'm drawing. It's like, I'm drawing what I like to look at. So here you go. Yes. And they all have, like, little, like, 
random tech explanations for like the suits and the, for the helmet. So you have an anchor helping you on that, right? Huh? You have an yeah, anchor helping you? Yeah, he's inking the whole series, the whole, the whole issue, the whole comic. You usually ink yourself most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, but he's been really great. He has, like, a really nice clean line style, so it actually complements what I'm doing really well. Yeah, man, you must be tough to ink, bro. <laughs> you know what, what I found is, like, I'm not used to being inked. You know, I usually kind of, like, make stuff up as I go as I'm inking, so it makes me a much tighter penciler. Okay, yeah, because you have to, like, put those ideas down ahead yeah. of time. Yeah, I can't let, like, I can't rely on, like, just, like, kind of winging it. I'm going to say, oh, oh, he has no clue what this is going to mean. Or even, like, certain, like, a lot of times, like, I'll leave certain lines not erased, but I have to erase them because he might, you know, he might, he might ink them, not, not, not understanding that that wasn't supposed to be part of it. So while you, so why are you starting a whole new comic company essentially, a publisher? And you're doing all this this writing and drawing. Are you still working on your other? Because I because I ultimately don't want to die poor. <laughs> and it's, it's like I don't want to be at conventions when I'm seven years old. You know, you see these guys, and it breaks my heart every convention you go to. These old timers. You know, they're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. I see this poor guy who drew Captain America a bunch, and he is just at every single convention, you know, basically begging people to to pay for his drawings. And that's no way to live, you know? There's, that's no way, like, to die either. Like, say, oh, you're not the Captain America artist, but you're one of them. Let's, rec- you know... If only we recognized him. Yeah, he's the, they're the past. Yeah, he just and, and it breaks my heart because you know you see these guys and like you got to give them respect. You know they they're part of the whole legacy, but we don't give them enough respect that they can retire. Yeah, then they can just go sit out. They should only have to come out to like be invited to like talk about their career, and they should be able to like it shouldn't be like every show. It should be like oh man, this person. Is it you see, like you see, like their wives and their kids coming out? You see them having to be pulled around in wheelchairs. It's like this guy can barely even like stand, but he's at every single convention. And I'm just I see that, and I'm just like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I am determined to find a way to make comics for a living, but also make a living out of comics. That when I'm an old man, I'll have more than just work for higher gigs that no, don't pay me royalties or, or you know, like, and I'm not going to wait for, like, my lottery ticket for, like, some book to get super successful and that's going to pay my bills because I'm not going to get that image book. I'm not going to be the next saga. I'm not going to be the next Walking Dead, you know? So what do I do instead? Make more fire. So you're still doing Judge Dread and you're still going to do everything else you're still working on at the same time. Yeah, I'm still doing Judge Dredd. I love doing Judge Dredd. I think it's a great book. You know, people aren't really reading it, but that's okay. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, that's fine. But I'll do that, and hopefully I'll get more writing gigs. Hopefully I'll get, like, 
bigger gigs at different companies. And with Buño, the, the what I want it to be is like these books, if they're successful, it's going to be all of our success. We don't have to share it with nobody. Yeah. And you know whether that, that means we can like develop that into like video games or TV or movies or merchandise. It's going to be ours, so we don't got to make any compromises. You know, so that you know that's the hope. You know, who knows? Who knows how it'll turn out? But I know when um you know when I'm an old man, I'll have lots of these plans that I tried and failed, and maybe one of them will feed my children. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think you're on the on the right path. You're putting out a lot of different ideas. It's not. I can't say that when I see you put out something, it's something that I've seen or heard of before. Mm-hmm. Like Claudia Rex, I was like, well, that's yeah. I've never heard of that before. Like <laughs> I haven't seen nothing like that before. Yeah. That piques my interest because, hey, man, I don't read a lot of books out right now because I only just read Shonen Jump every week. Cause yeah. I get 200 pages. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's, it's beautiful. I was reading that while I was waiting to talk to you. I was like, oh, man, Food Wars. They're going to they're gonna learn how to cook better. Like, okay, let's go. Like, I can <laughs> read this. That's a, that's a great comic. Let's go. Um, But, yeah, I, I have high hopes for, for Buño. Like, all the stuff I've seen, that was one of the first things I saw pop up. I saved that story to pocket. I started reading it. David hit me up. Like, I was already planning to hit you up because we talked about doing a, a second episode last year. Mm-hmm. And we finished up. I was like, man, I got to holler at Ulysses. I got to see what, what's popping. And it was like, oh, oh, now I see what's popping. I definitely got to call him up. And then yeah. David hit me up on Messenger like, hey, do you want to? <laughs> I was like, yo, speaking of, I was planning to do that anyway. Yes. This thing's just popping this year. Summer 16. Um, last year, I remember I was talking to uh, Sean Pryor a lot. Yeah. You know, when we were talking, like, he was kind of in the, in the same, in the, thinking the same kind of thoughts that I was. Like, how do we create our own, like, control our own, like, economic futures and not be so reliant on just, just like, always asking for work? Because that's all you're doing. Anytime, like, you're pitching, it's like you're just constantly asking for work. And, like, I don't, I don't have the, I feel like I don't have the security of, I've, like, I have connections in comics, but I don't. I don't have these best friends. I don't have these like, like we like we said before, like these. Everyone is buddy buddy. It's just like I'm always the odd man out. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with you, but I'm not cool. You know, I'm not super cool with you. And so I don't have that. I'm like, what can I what can I create instead? Yeah. Speaking of Sean, he's doing all right. He's about to, he's he's putting out cash and care. He's almost. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, almost done putting that out. You already put that out this year. Relation to me, just that you know him doing all that. I was like, yeah. "Fuck, that. I'm doing that too." Then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's really what it was. Like, I was just happy that we both gonna just fight out there, get out there. Like, I like that. You know, I have to say, I like that. I like that last year of me uh, podcasting. Not even to talk about me or anything, but it was fun to talk to like all these people, talk to you people I know, and put out put out some voices mm-hmm. and some ideas and thoughts that I don't that I don't see. Mm-hmm. And I've been lucky enough to meet people and say they like enjoy the show and yeah. enjoy what they hear. Cuz it yeah. makes them think about the, the, the game. Few, 
actually kind of covers stuff and like actually has honest conversations about this stuff. Yeah, because I don't think anybody talks about the life. So I like I like when I have you on because you actually go into talking about the life of making comics and mm-hmm. like surviving and making a and making a living, which isn't just like I have to live in freaking some random place in the middle of the country. Yeah, where the cost of living is like eighteen thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and you're barely and you're still barely making it off the yeah. comic. Like I don't think that's a good place to be. That's that shouldn't be something that should be popularized. Yeah, you know, you when you see guys being like, oh, you know, you don't have to live in New York. There's other places that are cool. I'm just like, nah, fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, like that's for when you give up. You know, you're telling me like. Instead of instead of putting your dreams higher, you just put your goals lower. That's 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 a betrayal of your of your like as for me of like betrayal of being a man, you know. And that might sound like 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 macho and shit, but that's like really how I look at it. I'm just like if there's one thing that I, I do keep, I guess like a little bit of that traditional patriarchal bullshit is it's like. I gotta, I gotta prove to myself that I can handle this, that I can live in New York, that I can live in New York on my own, by my own rules, and I'm not struggling. I'm not one of these guys being like, oh, I'm so broke. I was like, no, I'm making money, and I'm eating, and I'm making comics, and you could too if you didn't just give up and and, and move to the Midwest. <laughs> you know, like I see these, I see these dudes who are just like. Oh, let me make a comic about Brooklyn, and now they live in Pittsburgh. You know, it's like no, not knocking Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh, but I'm not. I'm not going to move there because I had no choice. I'm going to move there because I I, yeah. I I love the city. You know. Yeah, I think I think the the people that I know that live in Pittsburgh will be mad at that anyway. Like you, that shouldn't be a second choice. Yeah, that's how I love Pittsburgh. And they, you, you know, know exactly. Like like you love Pittsburgh so much, then why isn't your comic about Pittsburgh? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> fuck up about Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, like, all these guys who are, like, and that's, like, a lot of these, like, New York guys, you know, they have, like, this, you know, they want to be, like, oh, you know, I love New York. New York's the place to be. But at the same time, they're just, like, barely breaking even and then complaining about how no one, you know, respects their work or anything like that. And it's just like, well, you know, if you really were such a New Yorker, then where's your hustle at? <laughs> you know how I look? That's how I look at it. I'm like, if you're, if you're so, oh, I was born in this city, it's just like, then why are you doing the same thing you were doing 10 years ago? Why are you doing the same thing you've been doing for the last 30 years? I'm like, I'm sorry, but if you're in New York, you better be changing just like the city is. For real. Yeah. You know? Your, your goal is to get that money up to afford a condo if you don't want to live in it. Exactly. So I don't really have much sympathy for people like, oh, they're closing my favorite bar. They're closing my this, – this, the history is leaving. I'm just like, yeah, the history is leaving. But, you know, like you're not being – if you're not being priced out, it's just because you're not working hard enough, you know? Yeah. You know, maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe I'll move to Portland too, you know? like. But right now – I like I like how expensive I like how ridiculous it is in in New York because it keeps you working real hard. It keeps yeah. It seems like you, you use it as fire. Like it's like yeah. oh, I want to afford this. Now I'm not just going to afford it. I want to get enough to afford it, still eat decently, and and 
save money and for and live for the future. Yeah. Hey man. Yeah. I think everybody's got to find their hustle. Like if 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 you're gonna like you can't complain. Like I I didn't I stopped complaining about not making money in art. So I found a way to make money and then be able to bake art on like a purely purely like personal way like I don't have to I don't need to eat so if I want to draw I can draw mm-hmm. and I'll put stuff out because I can just I can take an L because I can make like I make decent money I make mm-hmm. decent money in a, in one of the top five expensive cities in this freaking country all of a sudden so it's just like I think everybody needs to find their way of surviving and not complaining about that I agree with you there you know I'm, I have my own issues with justification and like but that's not has nothing to do with comics yeah, no, exactly. Like I, that's exactly that. I have the same issues, but like, I think what you're saying is, is the same thing. Is it's like, like, don't blame it on like on someone else when you're when like when you can't. You know what I mean? Like, don't complain. You know, like things things are unfair. Everyone knows it's unfair. Things are hard, but when you're over here and you're being like. You know, like, oh, why didn't I get this? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have this? You know, because you're not, you don't, you didn't care enough. You know, you would have it if you, if you wanted it that much. You know, and I just think, I don't know. I just, I get a little annoyed at the, the New York people who are always complaining about not being able to afford New York. <laughs> you ever thought about moving on, moving out west, moving to LA or something? But, like, I think, like, maybe if I, like, get a family, if I'm going to start a family or some shit, or if I want to buy property, maybe I'll do that. I've been thinking about buying a house, you know, uh, just to kind of, like, make myself even more secure, because, like, if I don't have to pay rent no more, then yeah. even if I don't have to pay rent in 10 years, you know, that'd be good. Um, so in, in that case, I've been thinking about that, but it's very hypothetical. Right now... I've been in. I've been back in New York for like the last year and a half, and I'm planning on staying for a bit. And you know, so far my you know since I've been back, my business has has been booming. It's so. booming, like college say, yeah. business booming. Yeah. Yeah, man, you you came back with a, with a fury. You know, and it, it, that's also part of the because my rent is high. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I'm just like, and it's always going to be high. There's always going to be a price to pay that is unaffordable, and that's life. Speaking of that, you got any big projects in the works? Not ones I guess you can talk about, like that Wookiee book? I got, got a Mocho coming out for uh, Oni. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's like a book that's been in the making for like the last, like ten years, I've been working out some version of of, of Motro. Okay. So uh, that's going to come out in November, and I hope that gets some attention. Oh, okay, that comes out. I didn't know you was that far along in it. Okay. Yeah, I got like a lot of stuff. You know, you know, I've been in comics now like six years, and none of my books have had like major acclaim or anything. But somehow I keep doing it, so. Someone must like me. Yeah, man. Heck, not everybody gets to make do a Facebook Live videos with Entertainment Weekly, bro. So. That's true. 
you gonna um are you gonna try to do some more of that those um outside of comics uh media media interviews and interactions because yeah, I find that stuff I find that stuff great because it's like I'm tired of everything with comics dealing with the same audience with the mm-hmm. same sites like the fact that you have that connect with Tim to do that I think makes it reach a whole bunch of more people yeah I'm you know I'm definitely always looking for it you know I got a few things I have, you know I could get featured like in the AV Club or like Taste Magazine that would be really good for Bunio. I just gotta find the connection. You just gotta find that that piece. Oh, it's funny you bring up Pace Magazine. Speaking of the day we're recording it and all that. Mhm. Uh, I guess they let they let somebody review a review that Captain America comic, and I guess the guy doesn't. I guess I don't know. Read superhero comics all the time, and everybody was well. I wouldn't say everybody. A bunch of comic book people were in a tizzy because he. I don't know. I think he gave some real honest, honest critiques of the ideas from people who probably don't read comic books for like ten years. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, huh? Like, oh, he was a Nazi in one issue, and now he's Magatro. Like, huh? What? This? You must have got to just rewrote this, rewrote this, because this doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just don't know, because I, I personally like Pace Magazine site. Yeah, I like Pace too. Magazine site because they cover things. They talk about stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like and the site and the site looks good. Yeah, it's well thought out. It's well designed. I can look about all a multitude of of music, a whole bunch of stuff. It's like if you get in a complex, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I can see about a new pair of tennis shoes, an expensive coat, a movie. I I just wish. I just hope you push on, bro. Let me just keep on this. Keep pushing all these other places and get these get these people to see Bunyo and all these comics as much as you can. Yeah, that's, it's a it's a little scary, it's a little nervous, but even if Bunyo fails, some version of Bunyo will always continue. You know, like I'm always gonna be doing something. And Bunyo is just the experiment right now. Whether it was like when I was 19 years old and I'm doing a magazine called like Gummy Bear and I'm trying to hustle and get people to contribute to my magazine and shit and I'm printing it in the Kinkos. You know, I'm always trying to start something, get something going. So I think, you know, it's, it's all going to work out. It's all going to, the dreams will, the dream will come true. Well, I think I think I've asked you all the things that I wanted to ask you about Bunyo. I think we caught up pretty well. Awesome. Um, I think I, I think I might let you let you go here, and hopefully I, I actually see you and run into you pretty soon. Yeah, well, I'll be at I'll be at SPX, San Diego, going to San Diego Comic Con. So hopefully something will be happening at San Diego Comic Con. With Bunio, who knows what it's gonna be? That's a that's a surprise for everyone. Okay, well, as of right now, I I should be out there. Where? In San Diego. You're going to San Diego? Yeah, yeah. I think it's looking. It's about ninety percent that I'll be. Oh shit! I didn't even know out there. 
Yeah, let me know then. It wasn't. It wasn't planned. I'll tell you this. It wasn't planned that I was going to be out there. But yeah. it's looking like I'll be, I'll be running around. Perfect. Well, we got to link up then. We definitely, we all, we definitely got to link up because Ron will be out there. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're definitely going to link up and talking and, and have a chat and see see what some of this game is about out there. I ain't been out there in like five years, bro. You should do another uh, do another podcast while you're out there. Oh, the microphone is coming out there. Yeah. And the, and the computers is coming with me. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's do let's do another one when we're out there. Do another see see what what's come up. I feel like something's gonna happen. Ooh ooh. Something's gonna happen. I'm gonna start a fight or some shit. Ooh. Make something up. <laughs> Cloth talk. Yep. New yeah. comic alert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ulysses, it's been a pleasure, and I'll talk to you soon, and we'll, yeah. we'll link up, and yeah. we'll be talking to each other soon, probably, in, in about a month. All right, thanks. Let me, thanks for having me on. Man, thanks for coming back on. And, uh, continue success. Continue success with both of us.